1: Post your free job
0: on LinkedIn.com slash people today.
1: Well, better late than never. Welcome. It's How about uh, a little bonus episode. Fucking Anton Lander. You gotta my like it. Really like Who doesn't like the bag milk show?
2: Bag milk. Yes, sir. This is Caesar. Whoa. Ceases. Uh-oh. Ceases.
1: Uh-oh. All right, we don't have time for this. Let's just turn down the intro. Surveyor Brett, I'm turning it down, a la Howard style. We're just going to get right to a better late than never here. Bonus episode on a Saturday after a massive Oilers win last night in Calgary to even up the series. Of course, I want to give a shout out to the audio department for making this all possible. If you check them out at the theaudiodepartment.ca, that's where you can book some studio time. If you got a rap album you're creating, you got an indie band, you want to make a little, uh, I don't know. Maybe you want to sing gospel. Maybe you want to sing some old standards. Maybe you just want to write some uh, spoken word poetry and deliver it to your missus. Maybe that's what I'll do for her birthday when it rolls around. I mean, I got some time. I got to write it out. Maybe some clever haikus, something like that. I think you'd really enjoy that. Maybe. I don't know. We'll find out. But I will go to the audio department when I decide to do so. Of course, you can check them out at theaudiodepartment.ca. Where are they located? Sixty-nine, one-six, eighty-second 82nd Ave. Northwest, right here in beautiful Alberta. The audio department works to create a safe space for creativity and collaboration for artists and musicians to realize their potential and share their message through sound and story. I just felt like today was today I needed to do a quick little a quick little something. Last night's win was so much fun. Obviously the Oilers didn't have a very good start against the Flames. They were down 2-0 after about 6 minutes or so, but for me it didn't even matter. It didn't matter at all because what happened next was absolutely riveting. It was so so much fun to watch the Oilers do their thing. It was so much fun to watch the Oilers just battled their way back. They were relentless against the Flames in Game 2. Relentless. And again, Jacob Markstrom could not answer. He just has not looked like a Vesna candidate in this series. And for me, that is a big, big win for the Edmonton Oilers. There is no other way to put it other than, how do you allow that many goals, sir? Hmm? All I know is tomorrow the series is going to Rogers place. We need to be shooting from the parking lot. If you've got the puck in your seat and you're in section 122, I want you to throw it at Markstrom because it's probably going in the net. Don't do that. Don't do that. You will be removed from the building. Don't throw things on the ice. Actually, you know what? Don't throw things on the ice ever. Unless it's a hat after a Conor McDavid hat trick, which I would not be surprised if that happens tomorrow. I would also recommend, based on the way that guy is playing, bring a hat you don't care about if you throw because there's a good chance that you are chucking one. Whether it's him or Leon Drysaddle. Leon is playing on half a leg. He's playing on half a leg. Come on. Unbelievable. Again, shout out to the audio department for being the title sponsor of Better Late Than Never. Let's get to a little bit of the news. The news is always brought to you by my friends at Arcadia Brewing. Check them out on Twitter at Arcadia Brew Co. Or on Instagram at Arcadia Brewing Co or if you're just looking for the website, arcadiayeg.com. Last night, as I mentioned, the Oilers came roaring back from a 2-0 deficit, 2 nil deficit I should say, to win the game 5-3 in Calgary. It was one of those games where I don't know about you, but I've been sick the last week or the last few days, I should say, I was in my house by myself. Unfortunately, I was not at the watch party last night at the Pint White. I was at my house watching by myself, but man, I was screaming. My neighbors must have thought there was all kinds of hell going on in here unless they too were watching the hockey game. It was incredible. I got to give a couple of shout-outs here. I don't know necessarily this is a normal news segment, but I'm going to say it is anyway. Duncan Keith, arguably, in my opinion, played his best game as an Oiler last night. He had a goal, the first goal of the game. He had three points. He looked calm. He looked steady. I'm not saying it was perfect. So if you're listening to this and you're like, Bag Milk, you're an idiot. Duncan Keith looks like shit. Listen, stop. I need you to stop what you're doing. I need you to go into your kitchen, grab a fork, and threaten yourself to stab yourself in the leg. Stop it. Stop it. The same with everybody that was jumping on Mike Smith when he was down by two. You think I wasn't mad? You think I wasn't mad? Listen, baby, this is Oilers' nation. Hope will never die. We don't quit that early. Two goals? Come on. We've seen the Oilers pump goals, pass marks from all series long. If you think that was a two-goal two goal, uh, deficit was going to deter me, come on. Come on. And then to see the way it happened. One-handed pass, McDavid to Keith, boom, in the net. Huh? The weirdest thing about last night was the disallowed goals, right? First of all, the quick whistle on whether it would have been Hyman's first or Nuge, I don't know who would have got the last stick on that. That was absolute trash. I don't know what Chris Lee was doing, but the funny part was it happened again. The Flames would have tied the game at four and he did it again. Will he ref another game in this playoffs? Probably. NHL doesn't seem to care about officiating all that much, at least not as an outsider's perspective. I don't know that. I'm just guessing. Either way, I will have Mark Prince from FlamesNation.ca give his take on what happened there. He was at the game at the Saddledome last night. He's going to be jumping on with us for a little bit for an interview shortly. We're going to have some fun with Princey. He is a great dude. If you don't know who he is, he has got a podcast down at Flames Nation. He's running the socials. He's part of the mayhem that they're creating there. It's all new, baby. He's also doing BOA banter with Wanye and So Go subscribe to our YouTube page and check that out. Check that out. You'll have a good time. In real news, though, yesterday, Frank Saravalli reported uh, from Daily Face Off. I'm actually going for dinner with Frank in a couple of hours. Frank Saravalli reported that Darnell Nurse could be battling a core muscle injury that may require surgery to correct in the off-season. I don't know how... Like, first of all, a core muscle injury, I don't know necessarily what that means. I'm not a scientist. I'm an unlicensed doctor, but I still don't understand what this means. So... How much pain is this guy in? How much pain is this dude in? How How is he battling? Because last night he played 23 minutes. He looked more like Darnell Nurse than he has in a little bit. We knew about Leon Dreisaitl's ankle. What about Darnell Nurse? According to Frank, this is an injury that's, you know, it's pretty extensive. Frank said the fact that either of them out there is basically a mural. I'm paraphrasing for uh, Sarah Valley here, but like, I can't disagree with him. I can't disagree with him. I just uh, an amazing display of will by those two guys, and see that news come out is a little bit disheartening. I hope it's not something that lingers for Darnell Nurse. Uh, As far as I know, core muscle injuries, anything like that, as you know, they can they can hang around a while. They can hang around a while. In other news, a report came out that uh, Cam Lewis wrote about it today. Miko Koskinen could be playing in Switzerland next year. According to Swiss Hockey News on Friday afternoon, it was reported that Miko Koskinen was likely to ink a deal in Switzerland's National League for the 2022-23 season. About an hour later, Bob Hartley, who's now coaching in the KHL, said Koskinen has already signed a contract with HC Lugano in Switzerland for next season. I'm surprised by that, to be honest. I know that Miko doesn't have Miko hasn't been like lights out in his time here in Edmonton but I'm surprised to hear if true that he's got a contract already signed in the Swiss league that he didn't try to find another gig in the NHL. That's got to be a little bit surprising for any for not just me, right? Can't be. Koskinen was drafted originally by the Rangers in the second round of the 2009 draft. He came over to North America and spent two seasons with the Islanders ECHL and AHL affiliate. Played a couple of games with the big club, but that was it. Where Koskinen began to come into his own was in the KHL, where he put up a 9.37 in 29 regular season games in 27 18. 15 playoff games that year for St. Petersburg. He had a 9.32. From there, he came over to the Oilers. Um, according to Cam's article, so I assume this is all up to date. All told, Koskinen posted a 9.07 save percentage in 164 games over the course of four seasons with the Oilers. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that he's already uh, potentially having a deal over in Europe. Either way, I know we had our differences, Miko. I'm not going to say we didn't. But I'm going to say, I wish you well, friend. I wish you well. And... From all of us here at Better Late Than Ever, which is basically just me and my dog, Frank, I, you know, there could be worse places to play than Switzerland. So I actually, you know what? You got a couple of shekels in the bank. Why not finish off your career in a gorgeous place like that? Miko Koskinen, we speak your name, sir. <laughs> you got into an appearance in Game 1. Tried to hold the Ford down for the Oilers, ended up having a better save percentage than Jacob Marks from that night as well. Just ultimately couldn't lock things down enough for the Oilers to complete the comeback. But last night they did do that. Last night Connor McDavid went full. Connor McDavid once again. I don't know how the Flames are going to shut this guy down. I just don't. I don't know at all. I really, really don't because he looks like an absolute game genie freak. He's got all the codes. You remember when you were a kid? You ever get a Nintendo Power? You had the Game Genie and sometimes the Nintendo Power would have some codes in there for you or you would just order the actual Game Genie code pack. I remember playing Super Mario. I had unlimited lives. I'd finish that game in a second. You can do anything you want with unlimited lives. Anyway, there you have it. For Arcadia, we've got a very, very quick edition of the news. Again, go check them out, Arcadia Yeg, Arcadia Brew Co. on Twitter, Arcadia Brewing Co. on Instagram. They were the first sponsor on this podcast, and I love them dearly. Go check them out for a pint. Whistling Pig is delicious. That's the one I always talk about. That's the one I will recommend until I die because that is fantastic. The Coliseum Ale is also great. Go get yourself a drink. It's a long weekend. Come on. It's a long weekend. Come on. And with that, I'm going to press this button for my friend Donkey Volley, and I'm going to welcome in Mark Prince from FlamesNation.ca.
2: Caution! This podcast may contain traces of cheese and cherries. And with that, back to our regular programming.
1: All right. Happy to welcome, courtesy of our friends at Trilogy Oilfield Rentals, Mark Prince from FlamesNation.ca. He's from Missing Curfew. He's got his own podcast. We're going to talk about all that. But first, I got to tell you, Trilogy Oilfield is an established provider of oilfield rental tools with full-time operating units in Provost, Wayburn and Kindersley. They also provide seasonal and project-specific stations in Fort St. John, Fort McMurray, Biche, or wherever you require them. If you need rental tools, fishing tools, drilling tools, whatever you need, Trilogy Oil Field rentals, Princey. Welcome. Oh, bagged milk. What is going on, my thanks man? Thanks for doing Thank this you. on. Sh- thanks for doing this on
0: short notice, pal. Oh, uh, you know you can message me anytime. I think I actually messaged you a while back and said I like listening to your pod so much that I'd like to come on. So we we did it at a good time with the Battle of Alberta, though.
1: Battle of Alberta is raging. Game one, uh, game two last night. Mm-hmm. Oilers evened up the series. We're going to talk about it. I know you were at the Saddle Dome last night, so I want to yeah. hear about what was going on in there. But first, I just kind of want to talk to you just real quick about how you got here. You're wearing the Missing Curfew hat. That's where we knew you from. Right. Yeah. I'd love to get just a quick rundown on who you are, what you're doing with (laughs) us and how you got here. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. The biggest thing is, uh, you know, I I
0: came from the the Missing Curfew podcast and I'm still uh, part time with the Missing Curfew podcast with uh, Shane O'Brien and Scotty Upshaw. You know, any of your Oiler fans that listen, uh, Scotty Upshaw didn't actually play for the Oilers. He got a PTO. I think it was like 2019, maybe, but and fun just, fact, Princey, I'm yeah, the yeah. one
1: that broke the news that he signed a PTO. Really? With the yes. Awesome. I, am.
0: <laughs> I heard that it got like actually pretty good reception because at the time yep. he was kind of like a, you know, a fourth line veteran that could have came in and give the guys some juice and, you know, be good to the guys in the locker room. And just from my firsthand knowledge, um, he had a bad knee injury and, um, I guess he just didn't get cleared to play. Yeah, So they just let him go. That's all. You're 100% all
1: right. right. Everybody yeah. was excited about having him. Everybody knew him as like a locker room glue guy. And at yeah. the time, that's what the Oilers needed. So yeah, it's just unfortunate that it didn't work out.
0: Yeah, it's too bad. But at the end of the day, it's uh, that's the business. And I think he went on to have a PTO in Dallas, never made it. And then he went over and played in Europe and then retired. But back to what you said for me is, um, yeah, I've been, I've been involved in the game of hockey and in many capacities throughout my whole life. Like even growing up as a little kid, I was uh, like my brother's. Uh, DJ when he would play like bantam and midget hockey, I'd be like the DJ or like for the, the, for in the arena and stuff like that. And I, I ended up working for the, the Brooks bandits and the AJHL I've worked for the medicine Hat tigers. But now that the, the world is in a bit of a, a content frenzy is that's kind of where I really found my stride. And uh, I got hired by the and curfew podcast, but it's an interesting story because uh, before they actually started really getting going, when they just started, I basically created a fake account Uh, Where I shared clips and social media stuff for them, pretending like I worked for them. And it got to the point where people thought that my account was the real account and theirs was a fake account. So that's how they ended up actually hiring me. (laughs) And which is, we'll get into this. It led me to an opportunity with the nation, which has been nothing but fantastic and amazing opportunity for me so
1: far. You're If you don't know, if you're listening to this, you're like, who is this guy? I don't pay yeah. attention to yeah. FlamesNation.ca. He's the one causing all the mayhem on social media right now. He's <laughs> the one that has kind of lifted Flames Nation up to what we kind of expect it should be, especially in a series like this. The chirps are going back and forth between yeah. you and Wanye. You're having some fun. You're creating content. What is it about just causing a ruckus on social that does it for you?
0: Well, I, I, get the, I got the experience from... Obviously, from Miss and Curfew, there are no filter podcasts, which is. Um, a little bit different than most podcasts out there. You got to have some kind of filter, but Miss curfew has absolutely zero filter. So I've kind of learned uh, how to talk smack from these guys, but it also comes back from me being a flames fan my entire life. Like I'm 31 years old. I've been a flames fan my entire life. I've dealt with you oiler fans my whole life. And um, that was kind of something when, you know, when you guys brought me onto the nation, which was, like I said, I can't say it enough. It was an amazing opportunity. I, I love it every day. I kind of looked at flames nation. And I thought, well, Flames Nation is very, very well known in Calgary. I, I followed Flames Nation since, since it started, like 09 or whatever it was. But they were kind of just known as um, a very, very well-run blog page. And there wasn't really much on social media. And uh, when I first met uh, Wanya, whether I think it was just in a Zoom call, he told me right away, he was like, chirp me. Like, we need this. We need to have a good battle. We need someone out there to chirp me. So if you're asking me why I do it, it's because Wanya gave me the green light to do it. And I know we have some good back and forth on Twitter, or Instagram or whatever like that. And both of us just like it, man, because it's it's good for the fans. And like it's the fans, they, they think that we just absolutely despise each other. But we're just we're doing it to create content, man. We're doing it to have a good time. Sometimes when I say stuff on there, I mean it. <laughs> I really do. But sometimes I'm just trying to get a rise out of the fans. And at the end of the day, I'm also, I, you know, I'm doing BOA banter with 1A right now. I'm just trying to make him laugh. And
1: that's all. Well, making that guy laugh is always a good time. So it is, um, yeah. One thing I want to ask you about is playoffs started. Mm-hmm. Oilers had the Kings, Flames had the Stars. I think everybody in the company, especially, but just around the hockey world, fans, they're just like, both of these teams need to get through so we get the Battle of Alberta. It's been 31 years. We need this. When you guys were playing Dallas, was that something you were kind of thinking of even as it was going through? Like, oh, we can't fuck this up. We need to get to Edmonton. Because I know from my perspective, I was thinking about it a lot. Like, we cannot fuck this up against the Kings. First of all, the Kings were terrible. Right, right. <laughs> Secondly, a battle of Alberta in the playoffs. I've been lucky enough to go down to the dome a bunch of times. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Oh, yeah. And there's nothing quite like going down to the Saddle Dome as an Oilers fan, getting into it with the chirps with the crowd and back and forth. And it's all in good fun. And I just felt like, man, if we could get this done in the playoffs, that would take things to a whole new level for an entire generation of people that never got to do this before.
0: Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing for me is, this, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm 31 years old. I, I experienced the Battle of Alberta, but I was one years old. I can't, I can't remember that stuff. There's tons of new generation kids out there that have never experienced it before. And this is just great for them. But yeah, to kind of go back to what you're talking about there, I, I had it in the back of my mind. Like I think a lot of flames fans did. How can you not think about it? The opportunity, as soon as the, the series uh, matchups were set, how, how could you not think about it? But with here in Calgary, the not getting over the hump of the first round, I think that kind of drowned it out a little bit. I think there was a bit of more focus in Calgary on, okay, We got to get past Dallas. And, you know, we had a good, uh, a solid game one. And then game two was kind of like, yeah. So it kind of got overshadowed a little bit because Dallas came on really strong. And we got goal. We got out like, well, we obviously won the series, but we almost got out goaltended.
1: Ottinger put in an incredible performance.
0: Oh my God. So to think of that, you so now so now what you're thinking at the start of the series, okay, we'll get past Dallas. We'll get past Dallas and then we'll get to a battle of Alberta because the Oilers are going to you know, make quick work at the Kings, which I thought they were, but they didn't. But um, so you're thinking of that. And then Dallas just comes on so strong to the gets to the point where an overtime of game seven. Like, yeah. and that was my thought too, was, okay, well, the Kings had the opportunity to take out the Oilers. Like at least if the Oilers get taken out and then we get taken out by Dallas, it's not that bad. But then you guys went one game seven and our game seven was after your game yeah. seven. So the stress of that was so high, not even the loss of the first round, like the loss of the first round got drowned out. It was, if we lose, Edmonton is moving on and they're going to play Dallas and they are going to make quick work of Dallas. I thought Edmonton, if you guys played Dallas, you guys want to make quick work of those guys. Even with Ottinger and Ned, he's not facing McDavid shots. So I'm glad that it happened. I was completely overwhelmed with joy and excitement for this. Um, good for the province. Good for ourselves. Good for our brand, the nation. It gets to bring us together to go to some games together, to do a lot more content together. Doing B- I'm doing um, uh, BOA banter with Juan A, which I'm having such a blast doing that. I- I'm thinking I might want to even keep doing that into next season because it's so much fun. So it's opening a lot of op- opportunities for us. And we talked about this, me and Juan A. Um, it's not that... You know, the Flames won game one, the Oilers won game two, but the real winner right now is the province of Alberta.
1: Of course. Because
0: of what's happening in our province right now. Um, You guys probably see it on White Ave. I see it on the Red Mile in Calgary where people are just flocking to the bars. They're having a good time. They're spending money again. You know, kids, we we talked about this, our kids in our our generation never, you know, they didn't get to experience this and now they get to do it. So the biggest winner out of all of this is the province of Alberta.
1: Let's talk about the Battle of Alberta. So game one, everybody's hyped. Even, did you? were you at game one or were
0: you at home? No, I actually took in game one on the Red Mile at a wicked bar called uh, Trolley 5. It's the heart of the Red Mile. So I got to go there, just completely filled up with fans. It was a great atmosphere. They did half and half, and their bar is actually so nice that they have an upstairs that they dedicated the upstairs to the Oiler fans because they didn't want to have people fighting and they kind of wanted <laughs> to have all the Oiler fans together. So I got to watch game one. I don't even know. Like, I don't even know what to say. Like that wasn't a playoff game. The nine six, like that's insane. Absolutely so insane.
1: Let's dig into that for a second because all day. And first of all, of course we get 8. PM, 830 PM starts because oh, yeah. why 8, wouldn't the NHL do that? Too? Yeah. Like last <laughs> night was ridiculous. We're going to get oh, to that in a second, God. but game one, everybody's jacked up here in Edmonton. There's flags everywhere. There's jerseys everywhere. I imagine there's the exact same thing down mm-hmm. in Calgary. Absolutely. Everybody's hyped. CBC puts on a hell of a pregame show or a pregame kind the, of montage. The Motley Crew, the kickstart my heart one. Or oh, like, kickstart my heart was, oh, so was so good.
0: good. So good. Yeah, I was going to say the bar was pretty quiet. Um, not like, you know, you don't hear a pin drop, but it was, it was you know, monotone quiet. And then they put on the kickstart my heart thing. And then people started clapping and cheering. And that's when I kind of was like, okay, it's time to go because of that. That was cool.
1: Everyone's ready to go except for the Edmonton Oilers.
0: They were not
1: ready to go be it Mike Smith, allowing the first shot goal. Absolutely. Savable by the way. Yeah. And then another one. And then a third one. And all of a sudden I'm looking at the clock and we're six Oh five in, and I can just hear (laughs) even through the TV, the madness at the saddle dome. And I'm like, what the hell is going on right now? How can you come out this flat against a team that is your rival, your provincial rival, the entire hockey world is excited about this. What was your take on that three, nothing flames up first six minutes. All of a sudden you're like, what the hell is going on? It hit
0: me really hard that this is legit. I'm like, okay, we're taking this one. We're going to sweep them in four, all that. And then you kind of clicks in your head after the three goals are scored that this is Calgary flames hockey. The flames are very well known for getting up early and taking their foot off the gas. So just talking with a bunch of guys that came down that knew flames nation was going to be at trolley five, they came and sat with us. And we kind of had the same conversation of like, this game is far from over. This is way too early to be jumping up and down and be excited. Yeah, it was wicked. It was cool. It was so cool to see them score that fast. The crowd was amazing. I like Mike Smith as a player. I liked him when he was on the Flames, but how do you not like to jump on Smitty? for? Of doing course, that? we would have it's done the of, same thing. It's kind of funny that he actually ended up being the goaltender that led let in the least amount of goals that game between Koskinen and <laughs> yeah. Mark Sherman uh, and himself. But, um, I, and I know, this is what worried me was, I know that the Edmonton Oilers are the reverse of the Calgary Flames. So they're kind of notorious for having really bad starts and then completely turning it on where the flames are known for having very good starts and then turning it off so in my mind i was thinking this game is far for over did i think it was going to get tied 6-6 no i didn't i thought the Oilers were going to make it close you know maybe tied at three and then calgary would pull away again but it's just what a wild game but so cool for that to be the opening thing like i kind of i can't even imagine what the viewership was like on tv for that like it must have been
1: insane well and that's what drives me crazy dude is that This series, everybody wanted it. It's not Mm -hmm. just Calgary, Edmonton. It's not just Oilers fans, Flames fans. Everybody wanted it. So to have these games at like 8 o'clock or like last night by the time it kicked off, 8.50 is just, doesn't make any sense. I've got some buddies that live in Toronto that are Oilers fans, and I'm just looking at last night, 8.50 when the puck drops, which is basically 11 o'clock Eastern. And Mm -hmm. he's just like, I can't believe I'm going to be up until... Two thirty yeah. in the morning, watching this thing.
0: Watching this, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I got a buddy in PEI, so it's an hour ahead, even worse. So midnight. Yeah. That's it's ridiculous, man. I, you know, I kind of understand the the whole, you know, you, you got to get the Eastern guys first or whatever. But but like, come on, like they got to figure it fans, out. Like, I was at the game last night, and puck drop for the third period it was at eleven o five. I'm like, this is crazy. So you know, it'll change as the series go on. I think even we're you know we're recording this today. I think for some reason there's one game today and then three tomorrow. So they're kind of like... like switching things. I, I I don't get it, man. Like, Florida
1: and Tampa have got back-to-backs.
0: Yeah, like, why? What I, is that? Imagine if we had a back-to-back. Oh, my God. People I would die. To... Yeah, exactly. It's not, it's not good for the players either. You know, you guys got dry saddle and nurse, or they're uh, they're kind of watched for injuries right now. And we got Chris Tanev, who's out of the lineup right now, too. So it's not, you got to give these guys a little bit of rest of you on some quality hockey.
1: So let's go to last night. You were at the game mm-hmm. at the Saddle Dome. Again, what the Oilers that? have another terrible start. This time, <laughs> although I guess improvement, They're only down by two goals after six minutes. The thing that I kept thinking about was Calgary fans are a little bit cocky right now about what's I, happening I because know. every time Mike Smith again I'm not saying I wouldn't do it if it was in reverse and I was at the game and it was Jacob Markstrom but they're on Mike Smith every save he makes and to a point I get it but then just things were happening that were kind of like mediocre and the jeering yeah. started happening and I was just like No, it was early, very early. I'm, I'm looking at Connor McDavid on the bench and he is <laughs> steaming mad and I'm like <laughs> I don't cool. know if this is the bear you want to poke so yeah. from a, from your perspective you were at the game mm-hmm. what was it like to be in there first at the start and then as the table started to turn a little bit
0: yeah you know what it was uh it was a unique experience because i was actually given um, I got a last minute ticket and it was a media pass actually. So in Calgary in a media pass you get to go underneath kind of the back entrance where the players are and all the media is there and uh, I was going to make my way all the way up to uh, go see Ryan Pike uh, from Flames Nation up atop the media and I got in just right as puck drop I got to watch uh, one of our anthem singers Michelle Sheedy, She's amazing. Shout out to her. Amazing anthem singer. Big fan of Flames Nation. So I got to watch her. So I'm standing right between where the Zamboni comes out right behind the net there and I'm just like okay I'll watch like a couple minutes and you know whatever wait till it kind of dies down and boom boom just back to back two goals like that right in front of my face and of course I'm thinking what's the first thing you think of when you th- you get two goals like that sweep I'm like oh yeah we're <laughs> taking Everton out in four we're gonna take we're gonna get, take two games at home we, you know worst case scenario you split up in Everton, and then you're back and you can take them out in five it's all running through my head and then again it kind of clicks into my head okay well they didn't yank Smitty so that's probably not a good thing because he 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 would have been coming in with some fuel some fire right yeah. from the last he didn't like getting pulled um, and especially be like I said being the goalie that led in the least amount of goals so I think that was a really smart move by Edmonton not to yank him and give him the rest of the game because that would also create a lot of controversy too so you yank Smitty a, uh, a second game after two goals and now you have to look at Koskinen as your starter right if he doesn't if he gets you the win or something like that how, how do yeah. you not start him in game three yeah. but I do think it was a smart move by the Oilers because he's a uh, he's a gamer man like you know he's, he plays with so much emotion he's a gamer smart move I mean he he, he factored in on I believe it was uh, maybe it was the fifth goal yeah the dry settle one he yep. was the one that he did the little backhand flip up the wall so good on them yeah, it's just, it's tough, man. I just don't know why the Flames just take their foot off the gas like that. And maybe it was in part two of um, maybe not them just taking their foot off the gas where the Oilers actually put their foot on the gas because the Oilers looked really good last night. Like, there's no denying that. Like, McDavid and Drysdale were just out there flying. Hyman looked really good last night, too. I mean, you guys are always, maybe not even ripping on Duncan Keith. I thought Duncan Keith played really well last yeah, that night. Last night, Duncan yeah. Keith,
1: that was his best game as an Oiler for me, personally. Yeah, yeah.
0: and I mean... I think there was bad calls on both sides of the puck. I think. Let's talk about were, that for a yeah, second. I, so, say, yeah,
1: the first goal waved off. Uh, yeah. It was the intent to blow. They had marks from covering it. Yeah. The replay showed he was not. And I'm like, come on, really? Because yeah. that would have made the game tied two, too. It would. Okay, yeah. you move on. Thankfully, the Oilers. Well, I mean, from my perspective, the Oilers didn't stop with that. They didn't let it deter them from the mission at hand. But then to have the exact same thing happened <laughs> again with I the know. same ref doing the same thing. It's just like hockey. God's mm. giveth hockey. God's taketh away. I suppose. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the Connor McDavid goaltender interference one was pretty soft, in in my opinion. After watching the replays back and back and forth today, because I didn't get to see as much of, uh, as I liked of it uh, yesterday, I thought that one was pretty soft. And then, so I think the Oilers said what two goals called back? Two and goals called back. The yeah. Flames didn't have an actual review goal called back, but I believe it was they would have tied the game. There was a pretty quick yep. whistle on that one, so yep. not a big fan of the refs. Uh, the refs <laughs> have been pretty inconsistent throughout the whole playoffs. I feel like there's some games where they're they're great, and then other games. where or they're just terrible and it wasn't one-sided either i don't think the flames nope you know they were out to get the flames i think it was both teams where they just just you know make the right call let them play you know i, I don't know if it, it was really you know I, i'm i'm very excited to see what rogers place is going to be like it was very loud in there extremely loud in there so i don't know if that was a factor if maybe the ref did build a whistle on the flames one and no one heard it but you know this it, it's a it's a reoccurring topic in the nhl just let these guys play
1: just let it them was- play it was so wild, actually. the f- The first one, anyway, that Ron McClain actually pointed yeah, out how bad it was, yes, yes. and i was just like, okay, yeah. so it's not just me being a biased Oilers fan, being like, what is this? It was just exactly. even Ron McLane said something. So again, to have it happen twice in the same game was just bananas to me.
0: Yeah, it w- it was, man. But uh, no one thought this series was at, was going to go four for the Oilers. No one thought the series was going to go four for the Flames. This one's gonna go the distance, in my opinion. Let's keep it going. Let's have some fun with this thing, man. Like this is this is great for for our brand. It's great for ourselves. It's great for our cities, our communities. Let's just keep it going. So, but I'm, you know, I'm I'm a little a little, you know, I I, I kind of thought there would have been a split but I'm a little worried going into Edmonton for game three, just knowing what it's going to be like at Rogers place, you know, the excitement, the pop off being in the second round again, letting it be the flames, the moss pit, the, you know, the, the pint, whatever it is, man, it's going to be absolutely bumping up there. And I just hope the flames don't get overwhelmed by it.
1: Uh, since you brought it up, our viewing party tomorrow, the nation viewing mm-hmm. party for Game Three, is going to be a beercade on White Ave. Hopefully, my insides are going to allow me to attend. I was so <laughs> jealous I wasn't at the viewing party last night. But I want to talk about where you watched the game from. You talked about it was a press <laughs> pass, but then then what happened?
0: Yeah, this is a very unique uh, story, and this is the kind of stuff that happens when you're you're still part of the the missing curfew podcast. So the guys from missing curfew, uh, Scotty Upton, and Shane O'Brien, decided to come to the game, uh, flying from California and come to the game. They're uh, they're they're going to. We went to the game last night, and we're going up to the game on Sunday. So I will be at the game. Unfortunately, I would have liked to do the viewing party with you guys, but I'll do that for game four. Uh, but they. They were like, oh, yeah, it'll be easy to get tickets. I'm like, it's not easy. Even if you play in the NHL and you got the money, it's not easy to get tickets. So they had to go through the Flames PR person to get them tickets, and they ended up getting them. But I was given a press pass. And like I had mentioned before, that's where you go underneath where the media is. They check you in. But I would have had to go sit up with Ryan Pike. Which is great. I know I got to actually meet Pike uh, in person for the first time this week. Um, super cool dude, and we did some content on Flames Nation with Frank Saravelli, which I thought went over really well. Yep. So shout out to Pike on that one. Um, so I was gonna go sit with Pike, and you know, in the press box you can't in the press box you can't have beers or anything like that. So I was kind of you like,
1: can't yeah. cheer, you gotta sit there. Oh, no, I
0: know. So I was like, okay, so I'll have a good opportunity to, to tweet the game out. You know, get some good insight on Flames Nation. So I'm just kind of like I mentioned before, I watched the two goals between the, the between the um, the Zamboni and. Entrance there. And I'm like, okay, now I gotta find
1: my way all the way up to this press pass. And, and if you've never been to the saddle dome, that is yeah, hike, it's a hike by the way.
0: And that's and that's you're you're talking about the press seats. The press, like where the press sit is even higher than that. So I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, should I just like stay down here and like hide with the ice girls and like watch the game and get some good shots? And anybody that follows Flames Nation on Instagram and Twitter, you'll see the Go Flames Go chant. I'm literally standing right by the right by the entrance there. But good friend of uh the nation network oilers nation and flames nation i believe he was on either real life or oilers
1: nation yep, real life a couple of times
0: yeah uh, olympic curler gold medalist a really good friend of mine ben hebert so shout out to ben ben um i had met up with ben for a, a drink before the game and he said yeah just let me know when you get to the dome i might have something for him like okay cool yeah whatever man like so he ben texts me up He said, like, hey we got to your seat yet No, Ben, I haven't. I'm going to work my way up to the press back. He goes, No, no, no. I got a suite right now with uh, ATV Financial, suite 41, whatever it was. He's like, Why don't you come on down here? So I ended up moseying my way all the way down to the suite. So I go into the suite with Ben, and he's there with Mike Commodore, uh, one of my favorite planes of all time, Rhett Warner. Uh, Jamie McLennan was in there. Jason Weimer, just a bunch of X flames alumni. And as you can probably hear in my voice, it's a little bit raspy right now because those guys <laughs> like to, they like to get after it a little bit. And we definitely got after it. There was other media types in there and um, definitely a, an awesome, awesome experience to be around with those guys. And, uh, to be lower down to the game, I was right behind the benches, so you got to see a lot of the chatter, a lot of the chirping here and there. Good food, good drinks. So uh, definitely a big shout out to Ben Hebert for doing that. Like I said, I know he's a big fan of the Nation. He listens to all of our podcasts, and I'll have him on uh, some of our shows up because he's a big Flames fan too. So shout out to Ben. And then, uh, but hanging out with Mike Commodore, that guy does stop. That guy does not stop. And we we hopped in a cab and went right down, right back to Trolley Five right after the game, and I got home pretty late and. I uh, got the text message from uh, one of our guys at uh, at the nation here, Cam Lewis. Hey, Princey, we got BOA banter this morning. Are you good to go? And you think my voice was bad <laughs> now? You should have heard it at 10 a.m. this morning. But um, So listen to our BOA banters, too, after the, you know, uh, Cam Lewis, myself, and Juan A. were doing BOA banters after every uh, post the next, the following day after every game and just kind of doing some back and forth and some chirping and stuff like that. And we're having a lot of fun with that, too. So it's uh, it's
1: been fun. One of my favorite things about the Saddle Dome is that it's, it's, you know, there's, it's an old barn, right? So we always, when we go down there, we sit in the press level, which mm-hmm. as you just mentioned, it is a hike up a there. Hike. There was, there was a, I think it was two or three years ago, we did a nation trip down there where I could actually touch the roof. I That's where my seats were. Say that. Yeah. And I was the
0: only ranks in the, in the <laughs> NHL where you can touch the roof.
1: Yeah. So my favorite <laughs> part about it though, is where we sit is right next down to the alumni lounge. <laughs> and it's, yeah. not, it's not the most difficult to get in there No, it's so not no, if, no. You, if you walk on through, which I love to do Because first of all, the bathroom line's way shorter down there Secondly, <laughs> the beer line's way shorter down there Third, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of suites right there And a lot of them tend to have their doors open yes, So do. every time I go down there I always poke my head in I'll be like, oh, sorry, wrong one Until yeah. I find a box full of Oilers fans <laughs> And then I end up trying to weasel my way into those boxes <laughs> and I think it's been two times now because the last yeah. time I got in there the last time I got in there and then a couple years ago I got in there just a group of Oilers fans were just, oh, come on in have a beer yeah, have yeah. some wings and it's just it's the best part of those old barns because if you yes, try to do is. that at Rogers place it's just you can't even get there there you there's no way to get to that level from where I would be sitting. So it's one of the best things about the saddle dome. I, I was love... going to ask
0: that about Rogers is it like, could you have done that at Rogers? Could you finesse no. your way
1: into a suite at Rogers? I'd have to like, no, you'd have to parachute your way down somehow or like <laughs> some kind of uh spree lunking maybe, but no, there's just not a way cause they've got different entrances. They've got different stairways to get there. Yeah. They've got different and it's all blocked off. So the fun has been eliminated at Rogers place from getting that done. <laughs>
0: I like that. sir. I've, I've finessed myself into a couple boxes too. And it's, it's all the same thing, man. Um, as long as you're nice and polite and respectful of a lot of the people that come in there, they're like, what's up? They want to talk, they want to talk to you. And, very cool yesterday, even though, you know, I was, um, you know, brought to the game by the missing curfew crew. A lot of the people in the box recognized me from Flames Nation, which is that's awesome. It's a, it's a really good thing. That's a goal of mine to continue to do that, to have people recognize that Flames Nation is there. And, uh, you know, a lot of other media people told me that, you know, Flames Nation, you belong in, you belong in here with us, fella. So it was uh, it was fun.
1: Well, that just makes me happy to hear because like we both set off the jump of this. This is just such a massive opportunity for both websites and just for the Nation Network as a whole to have the Battle of Alberta in the second round. Have you ever been to a game up at Rogers Place yet? You know what? The
0: first one that I went to was the one that you guys took me to. And that was the um... against the Canucks. Yeah, the, the Oilers Canucks. It was yeah, the last yeah, game yeah. of the year. And of course, the first game that I ever got to go to in Rogers place, it's McDavid and Dry or Scratch. So I didn't get to see McDavid up close. But yeah, that, i have been to, to tons of games at Rexall. Me and my dad used to go to the home opener because they used to do the home opener in Edmonton. You know, it would always be Edmonton, Calgary, or whatever it was. You know, I I, I was at the Everly goal game. I was at the game where um, I think it was right as Yvonne has gotten knocked out. Cold oh, yeah, by Steve McIntyre. McIntyre. Yeah, I was at that one. And then I was also at a game, I think it might have been. I think it might have been either Happy Bullen or Dubnik. Somebody came out and played the puck with like a minute to go and shot it right on the on the tape of uh, one of the Flames in the Flames. Like this is I'm talking about. This is 2009, 2010. So so I've been to I've been to Rexall a lot, but that was my first experience at Rogers Place. And I went there with the right people, right? Like I went with you guys. I was there with you. I was with Jay. Uh, Tyler was there. Jared and like you guys. Just it was awesome because. It was like uh, it was like being there like at a museum where I went in there and everybody was like, "Oh, Princey, look, that's this over there." You know, that's you go over in here and that's where you have a drink here and that's where you go here and here. So it was really cool to get the experience from you guys and to be able to watch the game with you guys. And um, as much as um, Jared wanted me to wear my Flames jersey to a Canucks Oilers game, I just refused to. Not, <laughs> I can't do that either. I cannot do that either. He's like, oh, it'd be great for content, man. Great. I'm like, no, watching me get my head kicked in. Like, why is that great for content? So, But no, it's just, beautiful ring,
1: man. It's one of those things too, where you like, and it, it doesn't matter who it is. Like, it's the Oilers will be playing, the, you know, the Wild. It's a yeah, Tuesday Chicago night. You <laughs> see somebody wearing a Habs jersey, and you're
0: like, you know, what are you, you know doing here, man? You know what the jersey? It's not even an NHL jersey. The most common jersey that you'll see at a sporting event is a Saskatchewan Rough Riders jersey. They, I'll those guys to, move. They yeah. move out there. I'll be like going I was at like a Vegas Golden Knights game. You'll see a Saskatchewan rough rider. She's like, what? what are you doing, you guys? But but yeah, the rink, beautiful rink, man. Like it's um it's something special that you guys have, the atmosphere, um, all the bars out in front, the bars inside. The ninety nine lounge was really cool. I, I had a good experience.
1: That remind yeah, that reminds me of uh just kind of how uh we were freezing up in the seats
0: yeah i know and jay told me that's not normal that was
1: not normal so you won't have that tomorrow but we were Mm. absolutely getting blasted by the ac ac yeah and so like we were with a bunch of us had our girlfriends there there was Mm -hmm. just a bunch of us there and only a jersey some of the crew was wearing shorts because it was a nice day yeah it was a nice day yeah freezing so then we make our way to the 99 lounge to watch the third period and it's just we had a great time in there
0: yeah, yeah, I did, I did, I did too. I had a lot of fun in there. Very good viewing point. It's kind of cool that, you know, Bob Stauffer comes in there after the game to do his post game show, and he's all, you know, you guys are all poking him and laughing with him, and it's it's just stuff that the Saddledome doesn't have, and obviously the Saddledome's way outdated. Like it's yeah. it's not even comparable. But to have that kind of stuff, and even within the arena um outside the arena you you leave the front entrance and the media area where you can stand out there yeah and you know you can watch the post game show and you know, chant and stuff like that's just really cool it's really smart that they did that kind of stuff it's just stuff that doesn't happen at the in calgary which we're kind of
1: deprived with. But... you're gonna have to let me know because again tomorrow's gonna be a different animal yeah the oilers edmonton in the playoffs is just well it's just it's the same it's 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 electric and i can't wait for you to hear rogers place tomorrow night the anthem as opposed to not just the anthem all night long right it's it's a different beast in edmonton in the playoffs and i'm really excited for you to experience it i was lucky enough to go to two games at rogers place in the first round yeah and i was at game seven and i don't know if i've ever heard that place explode the way it has so yeah here's hoping we get a Here's hoping we get another just a really solid... I mean, these two games, as as crazy as game one was and as fun as the comeback was from my perspective last night, these two games have been so great, don't you think?
0: Yeah, I was was just going to say that, man. Like yesterday was a really good game for the parts that I watched. You know, I was kind of going back and forth in the suite, but they got TVs in the suite too, so you can also see that kind of stuff too. So just a really good game. I mean, disappointing as a Flame fan, obviously, but the Oilers played really well and, you know, the atmosphere was really good and, you know, a lot of scrums, you know, I think like we talk about refs, a lot of guys dig, you know, Putting the guys off, you know. I don't know how many four and four there was or whatever it was. A lot of scrums, and you know these guys were kind of popping off in the media prior to the game. You had Evander Kane saying stuff, and then Lucic sent some stuff back, and then you've always got Daryl saying stuff. So it's just it's good TV, man. And 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 you know as much as you probably would like to have the Flames own five, and I'd like to have the Flames own five. I'd like to, or so the Oilers own five. I'd like to experience this for the full thing. So that um, you know, I, I am thinking that if this thing goes seven that uh, we might be seeing some Oilers Nation guys coming down to Calgary because when are you ever going to get a Flames-Oilers game seven again, right?
1: I, I just like, if this thing does in fact go seven, I just I, I just can't imagine any scenario where we're not there.
0: Exactly. And that's why I'm kind of hoping to the back of my head because, you know, the first time I got to meet meet all you guys, um, it was the uh, the last game, the 9-5 game there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. were sitting up in the yep. press box and or the press levels and that's when I got to meet all you guys and it was just, it was such a fun time. And now actually that was, you know, a month and a half ago or whatever it was. Um, I was really the only one with Flames Nation. Now we've, you know, I, I've gotten to know some of the guys that are going to yep. come out, and they're going to help me. So I'm not the only one walking into a room of 40 Oiler fans, and I'm the only one in a <laughs> Flames getting booed out of the building, and the building's Calgary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: that was a good time, and it was fun. Yeah, we just have like so much fun with these trips, and we always have such good groups. And yeah, yeah, yeah I'm looking is, yeah. forward to what you guys are doing with flames nation as well, so that we can do the reverse where it's not yeah, just us exactly. going down to Calgary, but it's you guys coming up to Edmonton for the exact same thing, but for the flip side of the coin.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's, that's just what I'm trying to build at flames nation right now. We're trying to, you know, do some different things with the content side. And uh, we've got some guys that are on the team that that can be content creators. They've just never really had the, the quarterback there to help them do that kind of stuff. And I, I know that Ryan Pike was really, uh, happy. And he was super excited to be doing the video content with Frank Cervelli. And that's kind of stuff that we'd like to do going forward. And, you know, we're, we're having some fun chirping and we're doing some new podcast stuff and um, it's just, it's just good for, for flames nation and it's helping us grow. And um, like I, I, I analyzed it and watched you guys really closely when I was um, with you guys at the, the flames Oilers games. And when I went up and spent a week with you guys up in Edmonton and I just thought to myself, like, this is just so cool that you guys have, a big group of friends that are all diehard oiler fans. You guys are just amazing content creators. You're all, you know, maybe you don't agree with everything, but you're all on the same page that there's one common goal is to grow the, the Oilers nation here. And that's what I want for flames nation. man. at the end of the day, that's all I want is to make this thing the best thing possible. And we just need to make it um, more of a content based brand than, than the blog. We'll have a balance. We have a good balance because our, our blogs, our blogs are amazing and I've been content's reading, always
1: been great at FM. Yeah.
0: Oh, it's been amazing, man. I've been reading the blog since, like I said, since Oh nine, like that you go to the CalgaryFlames.com. no slide on the Calgary flames. It's just, it's just kind of the, the same stuff where you can get a little bit of a different perspective. And, uh, Ryan Pike is, he is a wizard when it comes to history and knowledge and numbers and, uh, prospects and that kind of stuff. So it's, it's been fun working with him too
1: let's talk about your podcast i know you mm-hmm. just launched one recently give me the heads up what's it about what are you doing i want the whole rundown
0: <laughs> so that was one thing that you when you guys brought me on board you, you asked me are you comfortable doing a podcast and you comfortable being on camera and i said absolutely you know i had tried to do some podcasting uh, a couple years ago i did some stuff with the calgary stampeders and um, I thought it went over really well, but never really followed up on it. Cause it, it's tough, man. There's a lot of people out there that are podcasters and yep. they're, you know, they're doing it at home, they're doing it in their basement or doing it whatever. And um it's just it's tough to stick with it. So isn't but now, that kind of amazing yeah.
1: though, the fact that like you're in your basement right now. Yeah. I'm sitting at my kitchen table, but yet we can create something together through Zoom now. Yeah, which it's gonna sound good we're going to just keep people entertained and you can just knock it out. You can just crank it out. You can just, as long as you want to do it and you have the ability and the willingness to grind it out, you can, you can make a podcast.
0: It's yeah, man, absolutely. Um, but like I said, I I got to be able to do some podcasting as the third co-host of missing curfew, which I felt really elevated my game and made me a lot more comfortable to say things and know what to say and what's going to work and how to talk on a podcast. So that was a big thing when I got brought in with the nation, I said, yeah, guys, I'd love to do a podcast. Um, Right now we currently have flames nation radio with Ryan Pike and uh, Shane Stevenson, who's referred to himself as flash because he's flash analytics. He's an analytical guy and we've got flames nation live is the Facebook show with Pat Steinberg twice a week. And uh, both of those shows, um, Pat really goes in depth to specific games and Ryan and Shane, they're really, really good at breaking down the game and the numbers beside things and, you know, lineups and all that kind of stuff. So I kind of identified a need within flames nation to uh, have a bit of a different style of podcast where, you know, we're talking about, uh, old players and old jerseys. And we're talking about the dome and we're talking about the beer prices and the, the music that they play in the warm ups, and just different kind of fan perspective, because I didn't want to create another podcast and, you know, Talk about the games like Pike does because then you know we don't need two of those. And I don't want to take anything away from Ryan Pike. Yep. Obviously, um it's a little different within the playoffs because you need you got to talk about these games, right? Of course,
1: of course. You
0: absolutely gotta talk about these games for sure. So we're talking about the games, but uh what I'm trying to do is you know, do a little uh you know, fan survey and stuff like that. Who is your favorite? You know, we call them Forever a Flames. So Forever A Flame is this thing where Calgary puts like they, like non-retired guys they won't retire the guy's number but they'll put him up in the rafters as a forever aflame it's kind of silly so the the running joke in calgary and i'm sure you guys have this in eminent too is a forever aflame is a guy that came in and had like a cup of coffee and just left so we talked an oiler always an oiler yeah there you go that's exactly what it is i knew you guys would have had a, had a absolutely a for it. so ours are forever aflame and we try to like break down the guys like hey remember when uh you know, Freddie Hamilton was here because his brother Dougie made him here and he was only here for a cup of coffee. And I oh, remember when Curtis Joseph was our backup goalie for half a season and you know, stuff like that. I'm like, I'm sure the Oilers, you guys have like like how many games oh. did Andreas, Athen, and CU play? Like five? Oh, the,
1: <laughs> yeah, like the list is endless of those exactly.
0: guys. Out here. And people love hearing about that kind of stuff. So I'm just trying to bring a different perspective. Like um, if you
1: don't think I'm not gonna bring up Gaetan Haas for the rest of my life, <laughs> like come Gaetan on. Haas.
0: Oh yeah, I forgot about that guy too. As much as I know my Flames, I know my Oilers, so I know what you're talking about too. And like, you know, we you kind of laugh like like. Remember they brought back Mike Comrie for like a year. Yeah, <laughs> like, man. Was that, we stop, brought
1: back right? Grebishkov. We brought back
0: Peter oh, yeah. Nedved. We'll bring Peter them all ne- back. Come on, Peter Sikora. Oh, yeah, come on. Stuff like that. So we're we just it. trying to we're just trying to have some fun with it too. And um, it's a little tough right now because the playoffs and everybody's busy. But um. Yep. We're trying a different avenue too, uh, probably more in the offseason as we head into next year. I've had a lot of guys, just just people who know me through missing curfew that have reached out and said, hey, I'd like to come on your show. Guys from Sportsnet, guys, you know, the radio broadcasters of the Flames and photographers and, you know, the anthem singers, they've all kind of reached out and said, hey, I really like your show. I'd like to come on sometime and we're going to try to do some guests. But I think we're just we're focused on the playoff run right now. We're not going to try to get too ahead of ourselves. What's the podcast called? Where do we find it? It's called Shot Down in Flames. And people are like, What is that? Who don't know Flames? If you're a Flames fan, you know what it means. It was their ACDC goal song in the 2004 run. They played Shot Down in Flames. So our podcast is called Flames Nation Shot Down in Flames. It's on Apple, Spotify. We normally drop it on uh, Monday mornings. We record on Sundays, but you know how it you know how it goes in the playoffs. Now you gotta kind of do your podcast when it's relevant to the games. And you know, Pike's switching up his podcast and my podcast. So normally it's Mondays, but we're we're going to just drop it whenever, whatever works this week.
1: Well, I mean, we're recording today on Saturday. I don't normally yeah. do better late than never on Saturday. And then I texted yeah. you like, Princey, I, I got want a the, podcast right now. I got the text and I was like,
0: is it Thursday? I was like, what day is it today? I'm like, holy shit, it's Saturday. Like, <laughs> So yeah, no, but that was, that's good, man. Like I said, I, I threw it out to you a while ago and, you know, I'd like to keep coming on doing it. And I, I listened to your podcast with uh, you guys, you get guests on and voicemails
1: and the righteous sack feeding. It's all, it's all, it's all good, man. I love it. Well, since you listened to it a couple of times, I'd be remiss if I don't ask you some of the better late than never standard questions. Go ahead. As adults, we tend not to remember things that we did as children. For Mm -hmm. me, when I was a kid, I ate so much fucking cheese at my house. (laughs) Like just I would snap chunks off the block and just down the hatch. Just that's what I would do down the hatch, down the hatch. And then as I got older and I moved out on my own and I go to buy cheese for myself, I'm like oh my God, this shit is so expensive. <laughs> my poor dad, lunch meat, same thing. I would just peel bump, down. Yeah. And he would just be like, did you even make a sandwich? I was like, no, I just kind of <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I'm, yeah. I'm just a garbage disposal at that age. So my yeah. question for you, Princey, the first one is as an adult, is there something that maybe you are crushing as a child that now that you have kids? <laughs> I do. Yeah. As you get older, you go, oh, man, I just, I, that's so expensive. Like slow it down. Come on. <laughs>
0: yeah, It's um. well, I've got two little, little guys. I've got a two and a half year old and a one year old and the amount of like berries that these kids crush. So blueberries, raspberries, <laughs> yeah. blackberries, even bananas too. These kids will crush a whole pint in like two days. And I'm like, like, so what do we got to do? So my wife and I, we actually had to stop going to like, you know, your Walmart, your SoBe, or whatever it is, just to buy the individual things, we'd have to go to like an organic market or like a farmer's market and buy a giant box of them because they're just (laughs) ripping through them. Like, I don't remember doing that as a kid, but maybe it's just because they're babies. And, you know, when you get a little bit older, um, I remember I used to when I was a kid. I used to just crush like pizza pops. Like you remember those pe- the microwave those pizza
1: pops, buddy? I, I, I just, buddy, like, I, just I, I, I have some in my freezer right now.
0: I, I, yeah, whenever I walk through the 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 grocery store, I see them and I'm like, eh, like I just remember those as a kid. Like that's just such a, a quick and easy meal, right? <laughs> but I used to, you know, you get two pack, you eat two of them, and you know, I'm you've met me before. I'm a big dude. I'm you know I'm about six foot four, <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a big dude. I could crush some of those for sure.
1: What made you a Flames fan, Prince? Was it uh, that you just kind of that's where you grew up? Was it your it, dad, your family, yeah. just all growing up? Because for Gen- me, it's like, generational, yeah, yeah. For me, it was just my first real experience with the NHL. Obviously, I live in Edmonton, so it was you know the weather's right there. But we were very lucky that my dad worked for the city growing up, and every now and then he would enter raffles, and his name would get drawn, and we would get to have tickets back at. Mm-hmm. For me, it'll always be Skyreach Center. That's all place, whatever they're saying, you yeah. want to call it. Yeah. So we'd get to go down, and back in those days, you could actually walk down and stand outside the player's dressing room and you could wait outside the room for them to come out. And yeah, yeah, sometimes right. they would sign stuff. And if you're a little yeah. kid, chances are they'd come and sign stuff for you. So one time I went in and I was standing out there and Bill Ranford came up to me, had a chat for, for me at like probably seven, eight years old. I imagine he was talking to me for 30 minutes, but in reality it was probably 10 yeah, seconds. Just, probably, Hey, how do yeah. you think of the game? Do you play blah, minute, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then he signed my program. And then I just think I'm an Oilers fan for life. This mm-hmm. guy took two seconds of his day and converted somebody into an Oilers fan for the rest of his life. Yeah. What's the origin story for you?
0: Well, for me, it's, it's generational. Like, um, you know, I've, I've had my run-ins too with, you know, I used to live in, in Red Deer, Alberta and the Flames, they would come and, you know, uh, whether they'd be driving up to Edmonton or going somewhere, they'd stop and they'd practice in Red Deer and you you know, the schools would stop and you get to go to the practice and guys would sign autographs, but um, generational thing. My, uh, my grandfather was a Flames fan. My dad is a Flames fan. My uncle's a Flames fan. My other uncle, all they're all Flames fan. So I didn't really have a choice. And, you know, Growing up uh, just in central Alberta, you can go either way. You can go Edmonton or you can go Calgary, but all of my family, they all grew up diehard flames fans. You know, they were, you know, they were around when the flames won the cop. They were, you know, I was 12 years old when the flames went on their old four run, but we know, my parents like, you know that's that's just that's just love of the game for them so it was passed on to me um, and it's kind of the same thing that i understand now is having a 2 year old son who has no idea he has more flame stuff than anybody could imagine because it just doesn't have a choice but it's it's cool because it, it goes from grandfather to father to to myself to my son and it's just going to keep continuing getting passed down and obviously it's easy enough because i've lived in lived in the calgary area for i don't know 14 years now so it's been it's been a pretty easy thing, but no, I, I wish I had something like that where you where I didn't know what I was gonna do or whatever, and some flame talked to me or whatever. And but that's as a kid. Now I'm just hanging out with them in suites and crushing beers all night to the point where my voice is about to give out. So
1: that's good living. Yeah, that's good living. Is, last yeah. question before mm-hmm. I we uh, wrap this up because I see my Zoom call. I don't have the Zoom premium, Princey. Oh no, we're getting close to the 40 minutes. So we're getting close to the 40 yeah. minutes. So the last question I'm gonna yeah. have for you is. What were you thinking when the Leafs got knocked out in round one?
0: <laughs> well, I have uh, I have some money on Tampa, so I was pretty excited about that. But, you know, I'm, I, I'm not like everybody. I, I don't, like, hate the Leafs. I don't, like, despise them. I'm just not a fan of them, right? Like, it's just not, you know, I don't. I, I have friends that absolutely hate them and despise them. We're jumping up and down. I felt bad Did for I, them. Yeah, I was gonna say like there's not like I don't like I'm not crying or like feel but I feel a little bit bad for them because it's like the same thing could have happened to me right the Leafs
1: I I think the Leafs
0: were actually the early game game seven when the Flames played Dallas game seven they were the early game before the Oilers
1: game yeah we're walking into game seven at Rogers place and they Mm -hmm. had it up on like in front hall on the big screen right so that's
0: what it was is they got knocked out the night prior to Calgary so it's running in my head okay the Leafs can't get past the first round they haven't made it past the first round in like what 20 or 18 or 20 years Calgary had made it past the first round, but it's been so long and and they got swept by Anaheim basically. So it was kind of irrelevant. So it's in my mind, I'm thinking like, I feel for these guys because I might experience it tomorrow, right? But the difference thing, the difference thing with Calgary has, you know, Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Chuck and Mangi these guys, they're all gonna get paid, right? But they have a pretty balanced uh salary cap right now, where it's not like Toronto, where it's completely front end loaded, where you've got so many guys that are making so much money that just the blame completely falls on them, where Calgary's a little bit more balanced. So yeah, I feel bad for them, but at the same time, they've got some superstars that are making a ridiculous amount of money, and those are the guys that gotta step up and it's not that toronto even played bad like i don't know no. if you think
1: that they didn't play bad they just no. played
0: they played tampa bay like if yeah. they if they would and have vasilevsky fin- went full vasilevsky yeah. if they would have finished higher maybe a little bit lower and, and caught you know you know maybe they play like washington or somebody like that then they prop they would have made it through they just it's just the seating and that's a conversation for a different day because i don't know i don't know if i like the seating i mean i like i like it that the flames and oilers just together but it's kind of crappy that you know two of the best teams played each other in the first round right so but to answer your question i feel bad for them i understand what it is like i don't have too many crazy leaf fans would i like to see them uh get over the hump and and move on like yeah of course i would but i'm focused on my team right now
1: yep so let's let's end off this interview with that we got game three coming up tomorrow rogers place your first time in the playoffs here what are you expecting from the flames perspective in terms of just I'm not saying the Flames played bad last night, but necessarily mm-hmm. bouncing bouncing back going into game three.
0: Yeah, they need to have a big bounce back. And this is going to be a really, really tough challenge for them because it's not like you're heading into a bounce back game in Calgary. You're heading up to Edmonton where it's going to be raucous and loud and fans are going to be screaming. And when the Oilers make their first hit of the game, the place is going to erupt. So you got to try to contain that emotion you know, we don't, it doesn't really matter if they go up two goals in the first five minutes. That means nothing right now. So if they, if they end up doing that, they can't let the foot off the gas at all. I just hope that they don't get overwhelmed uh, with what's going on right now.
1: What's your Arizona. take on Jacob Markstrom right now? Because it seems like the guy's obviously a Vesina candidate, but mm-hmm. it seems like the Oilers kind of, they're finding ways to beat him. And I, I thought that that to me through, through, ga- uh, through two games, I should say, that's been a surprise to me.
0: Yeah, it has been. But I think there's been some crazy numbers that even when he was in Vancouver, he never did well against the Oilers. The Oilers seem to be the team that he has really bad against. So, it's playoff time. You got to buckle down. And Jacob Markstrom has to be their best player for some of these games, three or four, whatever it is. It can't be Gaudreau. It can't be Kachuk. Markstrom has to be the number one star in order for the Flames to secure like a, a solid victory, not just a squeak one out or a 9 6 or whatever. You know, if they end up beating the Flames or start beating the Oilers 5 to 2, it's because Markstrom stood on his head. So am I worried about it a little bit? You know, if we had fans in game ones in that he should have been yanked after the second period, but Sutter's not going to do that. Um, the backup Ladar—he's a good backup, but he's not a starter. So, like I said, he's got to win them some games. He's got to be the star. If he does that, they're going to be okay. But if he continues to do what he's doing, they're—they're—they'll they're, be out in in six, I would say.
1: There you have it for our friends at Trilogy Oilfield Rentals. Mark Prince checking in from Flames Nation. I'll see you in a couple of days, my friend. I'm looking forward to coming and seeing you
2: guys. Hello, you. Oh wow, your ears look fantastic. You're listening to Better Late Than Never by Bugged Milk. Yes, you're sexy as well. Oh, yes.
1: The voicemail. We got a quick edition of the voicemail today that is brought to you by Rig Hand Distillery. If you go to RigHandDistillery.com, there you will find the Tour and Tasting Coupon. I've talked about it all over the place. Go check out the facility in Niskew. Grab a drink, see how they make the brum, see how they make the double-double. I promise you it's a great time. I've done it, and I will do it again. Check them out at RigHandDistillery.com for everything related to RigHand. I've only got a couple of messages today since I wasn't expecting to do a podcast, but of course you took the time to leave me a message. I will absolutely play them. So the first voicemail, and this one came in, I don't even know when this came in. I have no idea how old this is, but we're going to play it anyway.
0: Hey, Bag Milk, uh, two questions for you. One, do you think it was clever that Gretzky um, said that he thinks Calgary's going to win the cup in terms of taking the pressure off the Oilers?
1: I think it's reverse psychology by Wayne at his finest. He looked at the Oilers and he says, listen, they've got pressure on them, but the Flames have a whole lot of pressure on them. I'm going to pick the Flames. He knows. Wayne knows.
2: And two, when Connor McDavid hears that, Um,
0: how many people are putting up their hand to hold his beer. Thanks.
1: Listen, Connor McDavid is playing at another level that I just, I didn't even know that he could play at right now in the playoffs. He's physical. He's dominating in every facet of the game, whether it's in the defensive zone, he's making strong defensive plays, which people criticize him for unfairly. In my opinion, obviously what he's doing in the offensive zone is Herculean. In my opinion, like last night, game one, That game was, well, I mean, it was fun, but it was also terrible. He had four points in game one. He had two points last night. The guy has got 20 points in the NHL playoffs through nine games. That is complete lunacy. The guy is a cheat code. He's in a league of his own. And the funniest part about this is that if a guy like Austin Matthews win the Hart Trophy as the most outstanding player or whatever the definition is, it seems to change from year to year, in my opinion. Everybody knows who's the real best player. How can you be looking at the playoffs? How can you be watching the playoffs right now and see what Connor's doing and go, yep, that guy's the best. There's just, it's like, it's like if you were a little kid, do you remember playing minor hockey as a little kid? And if you were in some of the lower leagues, there was always one kid on an opposing team that just seemed to do whatever he wanted. Either he was way bigger than everybody else, or he was just way better than everybody else. But there was always one kid that just always did whatever he wanted with the puck. Skated around, everybody scored a bunch of goals. That is Connor McDavid, but he's doing it at the NHL level. It doesn't make any sense to me. It is absolutely bananas. Crazy. It's crazy. Voicemail number
2: two. yeah. It's the Battle of Alberta, Yeah. Connor and the boys are heading down to the Saddledome to unleash the fury. Oh, a fury that has been unmatched in the entire history of the NHL, yeah. All flames burn out eventually, and Calgary, your time is a coming. yeah. Oilers Madness running wild. Oilers and six. Go Oilers! Oh, yeah yeah
1: I don't know who did that impression but that is hilariously bad but I love it all the same so I'm gonna push this button for you because you earned this that was so weird that was so weird and I absolutely loved it so whoever loved that voicemail is Mr. T or is that supposed to be Macho Man Randy Savage? It had to be Macho Man Randy Savage. I, I thought at first in my head, I was, was like, I thought it was going to Mr. T, but now that I'm thinking about it, Macho Man. So whoever, uh, unless Macho Man, of course, from the grave, allegedly Macho Man from the grave, shout out to you. That came in a couple of days ago, it looks like. So obviously we know what happened down in Calgary. It is so important that the Oilers picked up that split. So important because all of a sudden, they have the chance to steal away home ice advantage tomorrow As you heard Mark Prince say, this is a massive game at Rogers place in Game 3. The Oilers have the opportunity to steal home ice advantage. we got a best of five now, baby. Series on. There was a lot of Flames fans feeling overly confident about what was going on after Game 1, and especially feeling overconfident after they started off Game 2 just as quickly. But then what happened? But then what happened?
2: Non-hockey recording. Um, This is your donkey speaking. I am absolutely breaking my ass off. Um, playoff weekend. i in Calgary. Yeah. Sunderland versus Wickham Wanderers. Oh, my fucking God. Liam, you know. You know. But, you know. Swansea. I know. <laughs> Let's go, Oilers.
1: I don't, I don't know a word of what he just said. I know he said Liam something about Swansea. The Swansea's in Wales. What are you talking about, Donkey Volley? I love that dude. Last night I tweeted before the game, shout out to everybody that, east of Alberta that was watching the game, because the start time, by the time the puck dropped, it was what, 9 or 8.50? Almost 9 o'clock? I have a buddy, Eric Johnson, out in uh, in Toronto, and he he sent us a group text, he's just like, well, 11, 8, 11 p.m., pucks drop, might as well go check out a pub and see if there's way open. And... I just shout out to all the Oilers fans across Canada and beyond because a guy like Donkey Donkey Volley, what time did that game start at? Was it in the middle of the night? Shout out to all of you that are staying up to watch these games. I know I was uh, was talking to a bunch of people on Twitter that are scattered all over the globe and just unbelievable passion for this hockey team. That's why we need this so bad. We need to beat the Flames so badly because everybody like this that's watching in a different country, different time zone, different wherever, we deserve this. And the Oilers are doing so... They're making it so exciting. Last night's game was so much fun. Leon Dreisaitl, he's got one and a half legs, but you know what? He is still better than you. He is better than 90% of the NHL, and you can do nothing about it. Nothing. Connor McDavid, forget about it. How about that play? Duncan Keith to McDavid on his goal. Zadarov tried to hit him. He just bounces off. Zadarov's a big dude. McDavid's just like, get out of here. Unbelievable 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 and like i said a very quick voicemail for the episode of better late than ever go check out again dot distillery.com again get the tour and tink one i promise you're have a good time i really miss you i wouldn't I would not lie to you that's not what i do that's not what i do at all that's not what the audio department pays me to do they're just like bag milk be honest and i was like no i'm not a problem no par- i said i got a quick voicemail here you go So there you go, wrap up the bonus episode of Better Late Than Ever. It was a Saturday, I text Prince, and I'm just like, hey man, you want to make a podcast with me? And he's just like, let's do it. So I figured why not issue, uh, why not come out with a bonus episode on a Saturday after a big Oilers win. Tomorrow, we are doing a, tomorrow, which is Sunday, we are doing a viewing party for Game 3 a Beer Kate on White Ave. Go check that out. Hopefully my insides are going to be feeling well enough to go. I think they will. But I have to go get ready right now. I'm going out for dinner with Frank Saravalli and Jay and Tyler. I'm super excited about it. We're just going to bullshit. We're going to have some laughs. And it's going to be a fun little night. So thank you guys, everybody, for being here. Again, I want to thank everybody at the audio department for stepping in as a title sponsor. I want to thank Arcadia Brewing. I want to thank Trilogy Oilfield Rentals for sponsoring the interview with Princey and, of course, Rig Hand Distillery for sponsoring the voicemail. Hope you had a good time with the bonus episode. Hope you liked the interview. Hit me up with your feedback. Please let me know how I'm sounding on the podcast. Please let me know if I've improved. Please keep leaving me voicemails. The link tree in my bio on Twitter and Instagram, that's an easy way to find it. But again, thank you for being here. It's better late than never. I appreciate you.